On this edition of the Iowa Business Report. We're not here for the dollar signs. We're here to make sure that the state of Iowa grows and that our children and grandchildren grow up here. A new trade organization has been formed to encourage economic investment in real estate development. We'll hear from one of the founders. Prioritizing rural broadband investment in Iowa. And in our business profile, we'll introduce you to the new owners of a 90-year-old lakeside business in eastern Iowa. This is the Iowa Business Report for the first weekend of February 2023. The Iowa Business Report is a copyrighted production of Totally Iowa Media, which is solely responsible for its content. For more, click on the radio programs button at totallyiowa.com. Here is Jeff Stein. A group of nine developers from across the state have formed the Iowa Real Estate Developers Association, the IRDA. The goal of the new group is to ensure policies at the state and local level create a positive environment for economic investment. Joe Mitchell is chairman of the group. Iowa Real Estate Developers Association, our mission is to unite developers for the purpose of protecting and expanding our interests at the state and local levels. And really the inspiration for this association came about is because I served in the state legislature for the past four years. I'm originally from Mount Pleasant, Iowa, served my home district for four years there. When I was in the legislature, I served in the Ways and Means Committee, State Government Committee, and Commerce and outside of the legislature is, of course, we're a citizen legislature part-time. You know, we have jobs outside of session. And so what I did is I was always in real estate, had long-term rentals, and then eventually got into development and did a workforce housing development project in my hometown of Mount Pleasant about two years ago and just finished that project this past year. But when I was in the legislature, I always realized, why don't people in my industry outside of the legislature have an association? Because I said, every other industry, profession has an association that represents their interests, their professional interests up at the Capitol to advocate for policies that will help them out and be able to do their job more productively. And so that's when, you know, I knew I was going to be done with my second term and I reached out to several developers that I was friends with in Des Moines, Tim Ritma and Chris Murray with the LL Group. And I said, hey, I'm thinking about start group. Would you guys be interested in, you know, helping me found this? And they were. And so from there, we started reaching out to the counties and to the NAP and to several other developers across both central Iowa and eastern and western Iowa to ask them to be a part of this initial group to help push advocacy and and pro-development policies at the Capitol to make sure that the tools we utilize to build commercial, industrial, multifamily, residential real estate across the state, you know, the tools are still there. And also we can be proactive about pushing policy that helps actually advance our interest as developers to help grow this state and make it the best place it can be. So what are some of these tools that, for example, the state, through state law, through legislative action, what are some of the things that you need to make sure are in line so that we can maximize growth? Part of the reason we needed to start this, you know, with both folks from the industrial, commercial, was to make sure that we were in sync because we utilize a lot of the same tools. And one of those would be TIF, tax incremental financing. It's a tool that the cities can utilize to help us be able to build infrastructure out for different projects. I mean, kind of a public-private partnership that we can utilize with different municipalities to be able to do commercial and sometimes residential development. 
the other things such as tax abatements for commercial and residential development, the different tax credit program, the workforce housing tax credit program, the revolving construction loan from IFA, from Iowa Finance Authority. So dozens of different things that are very, very important to our industry that we knew you know, we needed to be proactive about because there's always different kinds of ideas at the legislature, some good, some bad. Some can be really good for industry. Some can be really bad. Anybody knows that it has worked up there with legislators before. And so having been kind of in the belly of the beast and having a lot of my friends up there, I knew it was important to be able to have an association that represents all of our and the Farm Bureau Association General Contractors, kind of these larger, more successful associations. They have members all over the state that are a part of those associations that can talk to you as a state legislator to tell you, hey, this is how this is affecting our community. And this is how this piece of legislation can be really either good for our association and for our members, or this is how it can be really bad and affect us in a negative way. Not having that person for real estate developers up at the state capitol was really causing risk to our industry. You know, the things, again, I, I mentioned that we utilize to help make Iowa a better place because you don't have people move to a certain town or certain community or have businesses move in without us building you know that structure to start out with. For me, I just have a deep passion for making sure that we have economic development here in the state of Iowa and that we can draw people here and people have quality places to work and people have quality places to live, you know, without, you know, the certain tools that we're already granted and without expanding those things, you know, we're not going to be able to compete with these surrounding states around us when they have the Twin Cities in Chicago and in Kansas City, you know, that do frankly have policies that are development friendly where people want to build and where people can be profitable and where people want to continue to do business. And it occurs to me to your point about having a broad-based statewide organization. It's one thing for you as a business owner to contact lawmakers in your area, but if you were contacting someone across the state, you may not have as much pull as opposed to someone from that local area. And so not only can you cover more ground without the skepticism that comes from, say, one big company trying to dominate things, you're able to show that breadth geographically, but also in size of the businesses that are members, I trust. Absolutely, 100%. And so that's where I've reached out to developers across the state, because we've had different development groups pop up, either from central Iowa or northeast Iowa, this small faction of people and when they try to go outside of that geographical location to talk to a legislator that's not from their side of the state, well, those legislators naturally aren't as interested in talking to those folks because they're like, well, what does this have to do with Lamar's Iowa? What does this have to do with Dyersville or you know Mount Pleasant or Burlington? Being able to have developers across the state from each individual district that they can reach out to that chairman of the Ways and Means Committee or that chairman of the state government committee or to the speaker or to the majority leader and say, hey, this is how this specifically affects Waverly, Iowa, right? This is how this specifically affects Bon Durant, Iowa, and be able to describe those things to them. That is much more impactful than some random person, even if they are a big political giver, even if they do have a name that you recognize. Having that local person that has that local tie to your community goes a lot farther than somebody that maybe necessarily isn't in your district and that you don't have to work with on a monthly basis from your district. By putting together this cohesive, collective group of developers from across the state, we want to have an in-sync message that we care about the state. 
and we believe that, you know, it makes our community better. You know, I saw that at the Capitol all the time, not with just developers, but with people would consider a kind of big corporate interest. Even the largest developers on my board, I do not see them as big corporate people. Their family-owned businesses either started from, you know, Iowa City or Des Moines or Dubuque or Sioux City, and they might be large for Iowa, but they're peanuts compared to some of these private equity development firms in New York or Chicago or Dallas, what you might think of big corporate interests. And so there's dozens and dozens of the stories that I've heard from developers across the state of how they love Iowa. There's other places they could go and build in Minneapolis or in Chicago or in Kansas City, Omaha even, that might be even more profitable, but they're from here. They love this state and they want to see this state grow. And so that's what we're here to do is get that message out to legislators that we're not here for the dollar signs. We're here to make sure that the state of Iowa grows and that our children and grandchildren can grow up here and love this place and hopefully grow this state as much as possible. Joe Mitchell of J. Mitchell Real Estate, chairman of the new Iowa Real Estate Developers Association. For more information, send an email to josephmitchell.ia at gmail.com. We connected via Zoom on Wednesday, February 1st. Still to come, expanding rural broadband. And later, you'll hear about a company to help you experience life on the lake. You're listening to the Iowa Business Report. This is Michael Swanger, owner and publisher of Iowa History Journal. Pick up our January-February issue as we celebrate our 15th year of publication with in-depth stories about George Washington Carver's education at Iowa State, a tribute to Hawkeye basketball star Chris Street, Mason City's music woman Dixie Wilson, and the Spirit Lake Massacre. Get your copy of Iowa History Journal at Hy-Vee, Barnes & Noble, Walmart, and iowahistoryjournal.com. Support for the Iowa Business Report comes from the Iowa Business Council, a nonpartisan nonprofit organization working to elevate Iowa's economy through leadership, research, and advocacy. Learn more and review the latest quarterly member survey by going to iowabusinesscouncil.org. It was announced this past week that the state is asking communities to propose areas across Iowa that should be prioritized in the next Empower Rural Iowa broadband grant opportunity. Those areas selected will become broadband intervention zones. That's important because providers who apply for Empower Rural Iowa grant funds to construct service within one of those designated zones may be eligible to receive enhanced incentives and higher prioritization for funding. Officials say this is a first-of-its-kind approach, relying directly on Iowa communities to inform the state where expansion opportunities exist. For more information on how communities can submit an application for the program, consult the webpage for the state's Office of the Chief Information Officer, ocio.iowa.gov. Coming up, you'll meet the third family to run a Lake Delhi business over the past century. You're listening to the Iowa Business Report. Each day for a full week in June of 2008, a different Iowa City was devastated by flooding. One Week in June is the only book that tells the story of those historic floods, from Mason City in the north to Burlington in the south and everywhere in between. 
More than 200 amazing full-color photos document the damage and the recovery. It's our featured book this week at TotallyIowa.com. Get your copy of the best-selling book, One Week in June, today at TotallyIowa.com. The Iowa Business Report is presented by Advance Iowa, educating, guiding, advising, and coaching Iowa businesses. Search for Advance Iowa on LinkedIn and Facebook and get more at AdvanceIowa.com. In our business profile, we'll introduce you to Greg Vance, manager of Hartwick Marina in Delhi in eastern Iowa. It's a long-time business with commitment over time by multiple families. Where the marina actually sits right now was back in the 1920s, 1930s, was the actual town of Hartwick, Iowa. And there used to be, uh, I believe, a mill here, a little small river, and the marina was started in, I believe, 1932 or 1934, one of those years. The Cooey family owned it from then up until 2004, and then the Stender family owned it from 2004 until they sold it to us, the Vance family, in 2020. We'll be going on our fourth summer coming up here this year. From the time we took over the business to where we are now, we have completely changed a lot. Obviously, we've learned a lot. We didn't really have much uh, marina experience going into the business, but I had enough experience around boating myself and you know a lot of self-taught things like that. But uh, we've, we've really worked hard to, to really understand the business. We've got some really good help. We've got a great team right now. We're still learning day by day, but we've got a lot of services we offer. We offer, you know, obviously sales between boats, engines, lifts, docks, all that kind of stuff. So it's been a long run, quick short run too, but you know, we've learned a lot and we're, we're really looking forward into, into our future too with what some of the investments we've been making. Now, obviously taking on any business in 2020, right in the middle of a pandemic, that's a big undertaking. What led you folks to decide that taking on this business was the right thing for the family? Well, to be honest, um, the Stender family had approached my family before COVID even was a thing. So it kind of started that prior fall, you know, September, October, the conversation started, you know, it wasn't really in the works. I mean, it was kind of one of those things where, oh, you know, maybe someday, but as we started looking into it more, since we love Lake Delhi and love the area, we thought it'd be a great opportunity for our family to take over the marina and, and, you know, try to change a few things, change the culture a little bit, maybe grow it and try to help the community out as much as we possibly could. And I am the type of guy that I have to be moving around. I don't like sitting in an office for much period of time. So I, I like to be doing stuff in the outdoors. I like to work with my hands. And the more we looked at it, it just worked out for us. I really love that where you like the area, you want to make sure that this business continues, and you want to make sure it continues the right way. So you step up. That's a real Iowa story right there. <laughs> like I said, we have loved it so far. I actually enjoy going to work every day. I don't dread going to work. I enjoy what we do. Obviously, no matter where you're at work and you're going to have tough days, you know, some tough customers, things like that. But overall, I really enjoy working here. I enjoy the people we work with, the customers we work for. I really like the variety of stuff that we have to offer between sales and the service side of it. I really enjoy the the different variations we offer. So what were some things that you folks did in terms of changing the physical plant, making investments, et cetera, to really change it to fit what it is that you hoped it would be? 
We've made a lot of investments. The biggest few that we've made are we built another building right next to the main marina and the main shop. So we have our main marina with the office, we have a store, and then we have our shop. But then we built another building that's heated with concrete floors where we can do a lot of different things. We use it as half of a showroom, so we keep some new boats in there. So year-round, customers can come in out of the elements, out of the heat, out of the cold, inside to look at boats. And then we also use it as a shop as well where we can work in the middle of the winter instead of be cold all year long where we're building lifts, you know, working on docks, working on boats, just odds and ends type things. We, we store a lot of parts in here as well. So we can wash vehicles, wash boats inside. So that's a, was our, one of our biggest investments. The other really big investment is we bought a fork barge, which is basically like a, a skid loader on the water. So it's got big forks on it. I can go, I can pick up docks, I can pick up lifts, um, you know, floating logs, that type of thing. I can do a lot of different things with that piece of equipment. It's got a 300 horse motor on it, so I can go up and down the lake and, uh, you know, get a lot of work done more efficiently. We can serve more customers and it's a lot safer for myself and our employees, you know, because working around the water can be a dangerous thing at certain times. So that, that has really made a big difference for us. We've also brought on the Harris boat line was kind of new to the standards right at the end of when they started selling them. So when we bought the business, we were very fresh Harris dealers. And we believe that they're one of the best pontoon brands built in the country. And we're really happy to represent them and sell their product. We've also added more rental slips along the main road where we have a lot of customers that keep their boat here, you know, spring, summer and fall months. So all they got to do is drive down here lower their boat into the water, they can go out, enjoy the day, come back, and it's here. So that was another investment. We've also added more storage buildings up top, which we can store over 120 customer boats inside for the winter. So, you know, that's a big thing too. A lot of people are looking for storage and we have that building up there that's helped us gain more room for people. And then uh, we're in the process of building another building for more storage and for more um, new boats, that type of thing. It protects them year round and it's a good way to be able to put all your equipment that you are investing in inside. That's a big part for us. That's a huge investment in time and resources. That's really showing a commitment. You're not going anywhere, are you? You're in this for the long haul. That was the thing too. When we first looked at taking over the businesses, we're here for the future. We're here for the long haul. So we're making investments for the future. And we're also looking at other things that, you know, might potentially help us here at the marina and other, you know, serving our customers. So we're taking on things like uh, we're doing ATV service, ATV UTV service. We're not in the sales of them, but we're doing the service, you know, tires, oil changes, that type of thing. So that's another line of business we're into that we're especially, you know, to help us in the winter time. you know, we're not nearly as busy as we're, you know, spring, summer, and fall. So in the winter, it gives us something else to do and and offers another asset to our business. How has the equipment changed over the course of time? Because I have a feeling that the boats that you're selling and using today at Lake Delhi don't look very much like the ones I might have seen on a lake 30 or 40 years ago. They all (laughs) float, but that's about (laughs) it. Right. That's a huge difference from, you know, even 10 years ago. I mean, you're seeing a lot of pontoons were that 22 to 24 foot boats with, you know, maybe 50 or 60 horsepower motors where, you know, people would jump in and they just wanted to put up and down the lake. Now we're seeing pontoons that are 25, 26 foot with 300 horsepower motors on them where they're acting as a 
obviously a pontoon where you can putt up and down the lake and, and enjoy your company, or you can use it as a, of a performance boat, you know, whether you want to ski, go fast, that type of thing. So a lot of people don't realize a tri-tune with a bigger engine on it will actually outperform a lot of other runabout boats, in my opinion. So, you know, you kind of have the best of both worlds in that aspect. Even the technology of the engines, we can plug a computer into it and see exactly what that motor's been doing, how it's been operated, what sort of issues it might have as far as throwing codes, the horsepower they have behind them. It, a lot of things have changed in the course of especially 20 years. Even even the last couple of years, it's it's really changed a lot. You said something before about liking to be out on the water, and uh, you've been pretty busy out on the water as a professional fisherman. I don't know how you have time to do this as well, but it does tend to go together pretty well, doesn't it? Yeah, like I said, I've, I've been on the water my entire life, and I really enjoy it. I'm pretty fortunate. I not only fish professionally, travel around the country fishing bass tournaments, but I'm literally on the water almost every day of the week in the spring, summer, and fall working on lifts and docks and test driving boats and taking customers on test drives, that type of thing. I'm literally almost every day during those three months I'm on the water. So it's it's been a lot of fun. Greg Vance, manager of Hartwick Marina, online at hartwickmarina.com. We connected via Zoom on Wednesday, February 1st. And that brings us to the close of this week's program. We're back again next week at this same time. In the meantime, you can listen to all or part of today's program by going to totallyiowa.com and clicking on the radio programs link. That's where you'll find podcasts of full interviews with many of the folks you hear on this program. They're listed as IBR Extras and IBR Business Profiles. And we're also found on all the major podcast distributors, 19 now in all. The Iowa Business Report is presented by Advance Iowa, providing business solutions and support to small to medium-sized businesses. Let's work together. More at AdvanceIowa.com and search for Advance Iowa on LinkedIn and Facebook. We welcome your comments. Send them by email to radio at totallyiowa.com. I'm Jeff Stein. Thank you for joining us, and we hope you have a prosperous week. The Iowa Business Report is a copyrighted production of Totally Iowa Media, which is solely responsible for its content. For more, click on the radio programs button at totallyiowa.com. <laughs>